You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here in DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Welcome back in to another edition of the Arrowhead Pride Report. It is Monday, February 5th. I am Steven Serta kicking off our week of Super Bowl coverage ahead of the Kansas City Chiefs and their Super Bowl rematch against the San Francisco 49ers. And we already had to call an audible on Super Bowl <laughs> week on the first day. So I don't know if that's a sign of things to come, but uh, we'll figure it out. We had, we had to adjust because of some travel issues as uh, Pete Sweeney's now on the ground in Vegas, I believe. But uh, instead of Pete joining me this afternoon and not morning time, uh, it is the executive editor of Arrowhead, the Pride, John Dixon. John, how are we doing? I'm doing well, thanks. It's a, it is fun to come in and do something on the spur of the moment uh, in a situation like this. But it's also very exciting to be uh, covering the Chiefs for their fourth Super Bowl in five years. So. I'm all in for it. I was talking to Pete about this last week, John, and it's crazy. And I, I even talked to Kevin Harlan about this a couple of weeks ago, hoping to have him back this week uh, ahead of the Super Bowl for you guys here on the Arrowhead Pride Podcast Network. But it's crazy how fast it flies. Um, you know, it doesn't feel like it was that long ago that it was 2018 and Patrick Mahomes was kind of taking the NFL by storm. And now all of a sudden the Chiefs are just in another Super Bowl against the San Francisco 49ers again. <laughs> and uh, one of your latest articles on Arrowhead Pride, which I encourage you to go check out, um, it is about the Chiefs playoff run this year and how if they win the Super Bowl, they will have completed one of the toughest postseason runs in NFL history, according to DVOA, which is one of the better metrics out there, John, for uh, just kind of measuring success across the league. Well, this is kind of interesting to me um, because it had occurred to me uh, in recent days, just based on the playoff seating, that this was a really tough road the Chiefs had had run to get to the Super Bowl. And uh, just, you know, because the Chiefs as the third seed played the fourth seed at home 
And then they beat the second seed and then the first season seed uh, of the playoffs on the road. And I thought, well, that's pretty hard. You know, that's not an easy thing to do. Well, it turns out that um, it's been done a number of times. A number of times teams have uh, played four games to get to and win a Super Bowl. And Aaron Schatz, who used to be with Football Outsiders, where he developed the DVOA statistic, uh, put up a graphic on X, formerly known as Twitter, saying that the Chiefs, if winning the Super Bowl, would have the most difficult road to a championship based on DVOA, uh, going back to the beginning of uh, that statistic, which is 1985. The interesting thing about this is that the team that is second place on this list of DVOA uh, schedule difficulty is the 2007 New York Giants. And that's the team that beat the 18-0 New, York, uh, England, New England Patriots to win that Super Bowl with Steve Spagnuolo as the defensive coordinator. So this could be a very interesting thing if the Chiefs are able to pull off this win. And of course, they're uh, two-point underdogs at this, at this point. So they're not favored to win. But if they do, it's going to be a piece of his, of uh, NFL history we're winning this week. You mentioned those Giants teams. And I was trying to think of like other like wild card teams that have gone on runs in the postseason. And obviously the Chiefs aren't a wild card team, but still it, it's impressive, especially in a year that down year for Kansas City Chiefs. Like it's the Bills. It's the Bills year to go win it. It's the Ravens year to go win it. And the Chiefs are just <laughs> yeah. all over again. Um, yeah. So. It, it's it. I, I hope they accomplish that. And I want to get your take on this, John, because I, I also want to give you guys an update. Um, So we're kind of just vibing and, and flowing and, and taking the turns as they come throughout Super Bowl week. So our plan, no Arrowhead Pride editor show today. We're doing this report uh, kind of as a placeholder for it. Hopefully we'll have one after the Super Bowl, but travel plans may conflict with that too. So we'll figure all that stuff out. We'll hopefully have answers for you guys later on in the week so you get all the content that you know and love here on the Arrowhead Pride Podcast Network. But as we've had a, a week to kind of sit back and, and chill, and maybe you spent your weekend like I did, John, where... <laughs> I did not consume football in any way this weekend because I knew it was going to be a long week of Super Bowl coverage. So I, I read a lot this weekend. I took some naps, made dinner, cleaned the house, like did laundry, like tried to stay as far away from football as possible. But how, how are we feeling as we're getting ready to kick off Super Bowl? Well, if you're asking me if I'm feeling that the Chiefs can win, I've always felt like the Chiefs could win. I actually think this is a game that could go either way. Uh, at this point, I, I, I can't really define um, a, a team that I could really give the edge to. Naturally, I'm always going to be inclined to believe that Patrick Mahomes can win the game. That's served me well in my last two predictions <laughs> in the postseason. Um, and that's probably the way I'll end up leaning. But if you look at it just strictly on paper, uh, I don't know how anybody could really reasonably pick one of these teams to be a clear cut favorite to win this game. It's just, it's, and that's of course means that the odds are good, that it'll be a very interesting game and an exciting game. So it should be a really fun one to watch. However, it plays out. Yeah. Chiefs are currently a two point underdog according to the DraftKings sports book. And I agree with you. Um, I think what the Chiefs have done in the playoffs has made me a little bit more confident in them mm -hmm, going up yeah. against a team like San Francisco. But then it's like San Francisco when you start just rattling off their stars, and it's like, man, they have so many of yeah. these 
uh, of these just like alien. There's no other guy in the NFL like that guy, like on their team. They've just got so many of those guys and playmakers across the board. But it's going to be a tough test for the Kansas City Chiefs. And uh, over the weekend, they did designate running back Jarek McKinnon to return from injured reserve. So I'm curious your thoughts on this, John. Obviously, I I was kind of surprised because I didn't think McKinnon was going to be available uh, the rest of the way for the Chiefs. And like this kind of move ahead of the Super Bowl kind of makes you think that they they expect him to be able to suit up. But uh, we'll probably know more later on in the week when they actually have to make those game designations. Right. I I think that's going to be the key to it is see what happens on Wednesday when the first injury report comes out. That'll tell us a lot more than they've told us about this so far, which is almost nothing. But, you know, I, I think it's important to note that they didn't really tell us a whole lot about uh, the extent of his injury before he went on injured reserve. Um, I think, in fact, if I remember correctly, we only knew that he'd had surgery because he posted something about it on X, uh, showing him in the, the hospital bed. You know, it's not like the Chiefs gave us a rundown of, of exactly what the surgery was going to be for and who was performing it and where it was because they never do that. Uh, you know, we should be accustomed to this by now. The chiefs don't give us very many details about these kinds of things. So while we all thought, uh, I agree, I, I thought we wouldn't see McKinnon for the rest of the season. Um, so it was surprising to me that he was designated to return. It's possible the chiefs are playing with the 49ers minds uh, trying to get them to prepare for a player that isn't going to be available after all. But I don't know that it would really give you that much advantage to force them to prepare for McKinnon uh, when, you know, what, what is it that McKinnon can do that nobody else can do other than play a little bit better? You know, yeah. I, I just, it, it's, I just don't know if I buy that thing to me, it's more likely that they think there's a chance he could be ready to play and they're just, opening up that possibility just in case it plays out. Yeah, I think that's kind of how I feel about it, because it's like if you don't activate him ahead of the Super Bowl, well, right. then he's not available. So it's like right. just giving us the chance to possibly activate right. him. And, you know, I, I think that Clyde Edwards Lair has done decent kind of filling yep. in and is that change of pace guy stepping in and playing behind Isaiah Pacheco and if they do activate him, I mean, I mean, hopefully they dial some things up for him. But what I can say that I, I feel strongly about is that I don't want him taking snaps away from Isaiah Pacheco with how productive he's been in the postseason. The snaps need to come from Clyde, unfortunately. Right, right. It's um, I, I think we've just we've seen Pacheco become such a big part of the offense down the stretch that I, I, don't, I don't want the Chiefs to. And it's kind of how I feel about Kadarius Tony or like Sky Moore at this point, like. You really got something in the playoffs with Rasheed Rice, Travis Kelsey, Isaiah Pacheco, and the way everybody else is kind of sprinkling into the mix. I just don't want them to mess with it. I know Dave Tope said last week that, you know, Tony might, Kadarius Tony might be in, involved in the return game and there's a chance he could play. And he's off the injury report now after last few weeks of speculation and, and Instagram posts and whatever that were hard to verify and, and all of that stuff. But, at this point, I just don't want to mess up the rotation. Like, because the biggest thing for me, John, is that they haven't been uh they, they haven't been suffering all of the mistakes that they were early in the season. Right. And right. I, I mm -hmm. want to continue to minimize those. And it feels like bringing guys into the mix who are a big part of the problem early in the year is not the way you want to do things ahead of the Super Bowl. <laughs> well, I think that's a I think that's fair. And um, and I agree with you that the the biggest difference between the Chiefs 
during the regular season of the Chiefs in the postseason is the lack of mistakes. You know, I, I, many times on the editor's show this year, I pointed out that uh, the fantastic Patrick Mahomes, and we love him to death, you know, and he's the greatest quarterback who ever lived. He's still the greatest quarterback that he ever lived, but he hasn't had a great season in terms of mistakes. He's thrown some interceptions he would have liked to have had back uh, that made differences in games. Uh, in many cases, the difference between winning and losing games. But those mistakes have not occurred in the postseason, and the Chiefs have won these games. I, I think that that's going to be the biggest factor in the Chiefs winning this game. Can we get through the game without Mahomes giving up a pick? Um, can we uh, get through the game without a bunch of penalties on the offensive line that kill drives? That's been another issue in the games uh, the Chiefs have lost this year. So, um, you know, I, I agree that it's just about the mistakes that's been the biggest the biggest difference. And it, it seems unlikely that guard Joe Tooney is going to be available for the mm -hmm. Chiefs in the Super Bowl, at least according to reports. Now, they haven't officially ruled him out or anything because they're still optimistic that there's a chance he's going to play. But Nick Allegretti was good filling in for him in the AFC championship game. And you mentioned the holding penalties and you know, they, they had some penalties in the AFC championship game along the offensive line. Uh, and we all know that that penalty that Trey Smith was called for that nullified a Rasheed Rice touchdown. But overall, the offensive line has really kind of shored things up. And Nick Allegretti, obviously, is a player that they have a lot of trust in and that they think can fit, fill in for Joe Tooney if necessary, like he did in the AFC championship game and be totally fine. But I, I think that that's the biggest thing, too, against the San Francisco 49ers team is you have to minimize the mistakes against them because what makes them such a difficult matchup for the Chiefs is like when you give them short fields, they tend to capitalize on them and they find mm -hmm. ways to score touchdowns, yeah. especially if they have all these these guys that are insane athletes. Like, you know, you, you miss one tackle or, or you get, give them better field position and it's a 50-yard touchdown or something like that. Right. Well, that's uh, that's going to be the issue and the the reason that, San Francisco is favored in this game is the public sees that the public sees these big names uh, on the, on the roster of the 49ers. And they know that the chiefs haven't been fully themselves on offense this season, uh, at least to the untrained eye. And, and again, you know, it's, it's the difference between somebody who follows the team very carefully and the difference of between compared to somebody who just sees the score at the end of the game uh, it looks like the Chiefs have fallen off a cliff this year, and that's not necessarily true. Um, and we also can see that the defense has been fantastic, and that's generally not easy to see from looking at the box score. So, um, And that's why I think the Chiefs have an excellent chance to win this game, uh, because I think that they will be able to do things to that uh, terrific San Francisco offense that nobody has really seen them and nobody has done to them this year. And yeah. um, uh, so I, I think that puts a whole different uh, different look at what how the Super Bowl could end up playing out. I will say, and uh, this is my last thing on the Chiefs offense, but um, <laughs> it does feel like they've got an explosion game on the way or like, and it's, there's only one game left to play. So it's like, they, well, yeah, yeah they're, they're, there's only one opportunity for them to do it, but it kind of felt like they came out of the gates in the AFC championship game and, you know, back-to-back -back scoring drives to start things off. And it was like, Oh, it's this kind of chiefs performance. And then obviously there wasn't much scoring the rest of the way, but 
I, I do think that uh, the 49ers defense has kind of shown some wear and tear over the postseason, and hopefully the Chiefs can find a way to exploit that. And this is really the last thing before we get out of here, John. But uh, obviously the Chiefs aren't going to have <laughs> Charles Amenahu, um, who tore his ACL. And Steve Bagnolo talked about that last week and just talked about like, and we can't really replace him and what he was doing. And uh, a guy that size, like you just don't have bodies to throw in and replace somebody the size of Charles Amenahu and who has had the impact that he has had for the chiefs down the stretch and in the playoffs. But Felix and DK Uzama is expected to step in and have some opportunities in the super bowl to try to make plays. And at this point, I just, I buy into everything that Steve Spagnolo says, because I think he's one of the most honest coaches on the staff when we hear right. him every week. And mm -hmm. And everything that he's done with the Chiefs pass rush and their defense as a whole, like it, it, it's one area where you hate to see any kinds of injuries, but you at least feel like, well, that's what he was drafted for. And that's what the depth there is for. So hopefully he can step in and make some plays. Well, you know, when we talked about this on the editors, the last editor's show, I mentioned that uh, both Malik Herring and um, Anudiki Uzama had had pretty much split the available snaps while Omenahu was out for the first six games of the season. And the defense played very well in those games too, no, although not quite as well as they played uh, later in the season in terms of preventing scores. But, um, you know, he wasn't fantastic, but he also was on the field for like less than a third of the plays and put up some numbers while doing that. Um, and so, and, and of course, you know, uh, Omenahu was hurt in the first quarter of the game. Uh, actually, I think it was right as the second quarter began, now that I think about that for a second. So we missed three quarters of the game, and the Chiefs still only allowed 10 points to a very good offense. So, um, you know, even when they had to do it on the fly, they were able to cover for Omenahue pretty well, and they have, they'll have more tools available to them because in this game they will have the option to have uh, Anudike Uzama active and he was inactive for the game in Baltimore. So, I, you know, yes, it's a problem. The guy has been a tremendous player for the Chiefs this season, has made some big plays that have been very exciting to see. But, um, you know, this is also a really deep team, and they've uh, done very well when players have been injured, and I think that will continue through the Super Bowl. I still think there's some matchups they can win along that 49ers offensive line. Sure. Mm -hmm. Outside of Trent Williams has not been particularly great this season. So I'm not too worried about the Chiefs defense minus Charles Amena, who I think they have the bodies and it's like, you know, I, I don't know what Felix and DK Uzama is going to wind up being in the future for the Chiefs when he gets an expanded role in this defense. But for right now, they just need him situationally. Just get him right. in. Hopefully mm -hmm. he makes a few plays. And and then we're all talking about another Super Bowl win for the Kansas State Chiefs. So make sure you stay locked in right here on the Arrowhead Pride Podcast Network. We got everything you need to know. We got coverage all week long. Hopefully have some good guests for you. We got tons of stuff. So as always, please make sure you subscribe, rate, and review. Uh, make sure you stay locked into arrowheadpride.com. We'll have everything you need to know right there. Uh, super accessible, all the media, all the injury updates, everything you need to know uh, ahead of a long Super Bowl week. And you can follow John on Twitter at arrowheadphones. I'm Stephen Sirs. You can find me. We'll talk to you guys tomorrow on the next episode of the Out of Structure Podcast.
Hey there, it's Pete Sweeney from Arrowhead Pride, and I'm excited to announce a new element of the Arrowhead Pride experience for diehard Chiefs fans. It's our brand new newsletter, Arrowhead Pride Premier. It's obviously an exciting time as the Chiefs enter this season, looking to become the first back-to-back Super Bowl champs in nearly 20 years. Arrowhead Pride Premier is a newsletter delivered to your inbox twice a week from me. For $50, you'll get an annual subscription packed with insider coverage from yours truly and new in-depth analysis from voices around Kansas. Kansas City. It's all about what I'm seeing and hearing around the team. During the season, we'll deliver a newsletter ahead of each game to get ready for Sunday and a newsletter after each game to unpack exactly what happened. In the offseason, the party won't stop. We'll still be covering the biggest stories and all the offseason's twists and turns will show up in your inbox on a regular basis. Subscribe to Arrowhead Pride premiere today at arrowheadpride.com slash subscribe. More to do's, less time, and an infinite number of tools to keep track of. Sometimes doing business has never felt harder, but you don't need a miracle to hit your goals. You can just use HubSpot because their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier. Imagine this, high quality leads, fast closing deals, wildly happy customers, and more benchmark breaking quarters. It's not a miracle, it's HubSpot. Visit HubSpot.com to get started today.